Alexis de Tocqueville. Alexis de Tocqueville, 1805 through 1859, was a French political thinker and writer. He is considered to be one of the early practitioners of the modern fields of political science and sociology, and is perhaps best known for democracy in America, his exploration of culture, values, and government in the United States. Tocqueville began his research for democracy in America after being sent to the United States from France to learn about the new country's prison system. He arrived in the United States in 1831 during a critical period in the country's development. It was the age of Andrew Jackson, Indian relocation, westward expansion, and high tension between the North and South over slavery, which would eventually lead to the Civil War. Tocqueville's arrival in the United States also coincided with a crucial period of world history. Many of the governments in the Western world were in the midst of shifting from the aristocratic order of the old world to a more democratic order in the new. Understanding this shift was the fundamental goal of Tocqueville's work, both in analyzing American political and cultural life and in comparing the United States to Europe. He was concerned with the threats to liberty in a democratic society, and he thought that the spirit of individualism that democracy promoted could be a mixed blessing. Individualism was useful insofar as it could be a force for liberty, but Tocqueville also cautioned that it could also be compromised or weakened by materialism and apathy. In fact, the valuing of hard work and gaining wealth was one of the main differences that Tocqueville saw between America and Europe. Because wealth in America was less stable, because estates did not easily pass intact from generation to generation, the pursuit of wealth had replaced the fixed social status of Europe. In retrospect, many of Tocqueville's claims in democracy in America seemed prophetic including his belief that the issue of slavery would tear the country apart. Many of the arguments in his book are still relevant today, including Tyranny of the Majority, the selection you will study during this module, which takes on questions about individual freedom, the power and will of the majority, and the role government plays in preserving liberty. Tyranny of the Majority, from Democracy in America, by Alexis de Tocqueville. I hold it to be an impious and detestable maxim that, politically speaking, the people have a right to do anything, and yet I have asserted all authority originates in the will of the majority. I Am I, then, in contradiction with myself? A general law which bears the name of justice has been made and sanctioned not only by a majority of this or that people, but by a majority of mankind. The rights of every people are therefore confined within the limits of what is just. A nation may be considered as a jury, which is empowered to represent society at large and apply to justice, which is its law. Ought such a jury, which represents society, to have more power than a society itself, whose law it executes? When I refuse to obey an unjust law, I do not contest the right of the majority to command. 
but I simply appeal from the sovereignty of the people to the sovereignty of mankind. Some have not feared to assert that people can never outstep the boundaries of justice and reason in those affairs, which are peculiarly its own, and that consequently full power may be given to the majority by which they are represented. But this is the language of a slave. A majority, taken collectively, is only an individual whose opinions, and frequently those whose interpret interests, I'm going to start that sentence over again, a majority taken collectively is only an individual whose opinions and frequently whose in interests are opposed to those of another individual who is styled as a minority. If it be admitted that a man possessing absolute power may misuse that power by wrongdoing his adversaries, why should not a majority be liable to the same reproach? Men do not change their characters by uniting with each other, nor does their patience in the presence of obstacles increase with their strength. For my own part, I cannot believe it. The power to do everything, which I should refuse to one of my equals, I will never grant to any number of them. I do not think, for the sake of preserving liberty, it is possible to combine several principles in the same government so as to really oppose them to one another. The form of government, which is usually termed mixed, has always appeared to me a mere chimera or chimera. Accurately speaking, there is no such thing as a mixed government in the sense usually given to that word, because in all communities, some one principle of action may be discovered which preponderates over the others. England, in the last century, which has been especially cited as an example of this sort of government, was essentially an aristocratic state, although it comprised some great elements of democracy. For the laws and customs of the country were such that the aristocracy could not but preponderate in the long run and direct public affairs according to its own will. The error arose from seeing the interests of the nobles perpetually contending with those of the people without considering the issue of the contest, which was really the important point. When a community actually has a mixed government, that is to say, when it is equally divided between adverse principles, it must either experience a revolution or fall into anarchy. I want to pause here for just a moment to talk about probably what is happening to you at this point, because it's happening to me. As I'm reading this, I find that there are many sentences that he's talking about such complex ideas that I need to stop and think about them. But I also realize that I need to listen to the whole thing before I can have an understanding globally of what it is, before I understand it more specifically. So right now what I'm doing is I'm just reading to see what I can pick up out of it at all, just to become familiar with the text. So don't feel yucky yet if you feel like that these things are very difficult to understand. It's okay 
It's supposed to be that way. Okay, I'm back on reading on page 53. It's at the bottom. I am therefore of opinion that social power superior to all others must be always be placed somewhere. But I think that liberty is endangered when this power finds no obstacle which can retard its course and give it time to moderate its own vehemence. Unlimited power in itself is a bad and dangerous thing. Human beings are not competent to exercise it with discretion. God alone can be omnipotent because his wisdom and his justice are always equal to his power. There is no power on earth so worthy of honor in itself or clothed with rights so sacred that I would admit its uncontrolled and honorable predominant authority. When I see that the right and the means of absolute command are conferred on any power whatever, be it called people or a king, an aristocracy or a democracy, a monarchy or a republic. I say there is a germ of tyranny, and I seek to live elsewhere under other laws. In my opinion, the main evil of the present democratic institutions of the United States does not arise, as often asserted in Europe, from their weakness, but from their irresistible strength. I am not so much alarmed at the excessive liberty which reigns in that country as at the inadequate securities with which one finds there against tyranny. When an individual or party is wronged in the United States, to whom can he apply for redress? If to public opinion, public opinion constitutes the majority. If to the legislature, it represents the majority and implicitly obeys it. If to the executive power, it is appointed by the majority and serves as a passive tool in its hands. The public force consists of the majority under arms. The jury is the majority invested with the right of hearing judicial cases. And in certain states, even the judges are elected by the majority. However, iniquitous or absurd the measure of which you complain, you must submit to it as well as you can. If, on the other, a legislative power could be so constituted as to represent the majority without necessarily being the slave of its passions, an executive so as to retain the proper share of authority, and a judiciary so as to remain independent of the other two powers, a government would be formed which would still be democratic without incurring hardly any risk of tyranny. I do not say that there is a frequent use of tyranny in America at the present day, but I maintain there is sure there is no sure barrier against it, and that the causes which mitigate the government there are to be found in the circumstances and manners of the country more than in its laws. So now that you've listened to it once, just to get the overall gist of how the words flow, I want you to listen to it a second time 
and listen to how I've tried to phrase and emphasize and use inflection to really spur the tone of argument and persuasion that Tocqueville is using to advance and try to emphasize his ideas. Then it will be time to really dig in deep and look at how the words um, that we don't know and the concepts that are in here, we might need to do a little bit more looking into there and then listen to it again after a closer examination of concepts and vocabulary.